Isaiah says, But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like, with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And now for you, brothers and sisters, at First Lutheran Church, now for you who have not yet been given faith, you have waited long enough. For the Holy Spirit has a word for you which takes away all of your sin, all of your doubts, and all of your fears, and even death itself. It is this, that Christ has shown up to you to forgive you and to claim you as his own so that you may live under him in his kingdom. And so now you do. And so grace and peace be yours from God our Father and from his Son, our Lord Jesus the Christ. By the power of the Holy Spirit, this is so. Amen. As I mentioned, Isaiah says, those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength and mount up with wings like eagles. That maybe sounded familiar as we read our psalm because our psalmist wrote and we read together, God is not impressed by the might of a horse and has no pleasure in the speed of a runner but finds pleasure in those who fear the Lord, in those who await God's steadfast love. And then we all said together, hallelujah for this. Well, if you're looking for next week's Super Bowl winner in the Scriptures, you will be disappointed. Now, I don't recommend that you do this with the Scriptures, but there are no eagles or broncos or even ravens, if you were paying attention in the psalm, in this game coming up next week. Uh, the truth is, if you're looking for any champions, at least in the eyes of the world, you will be disappointed. But that is exactly the point of God's word for us. For no matter what your team is, we hear that God has no pleasure in the speed of a running back or a quarterback, at least not compared to those who fear the Lord. Now imagine that. God has more pleasure in you now in faith than anything that will happen on the field. But what does it mean to fear the Lord? Well, it is to await God's steadfast love. Luther explains the first commandment this way. He says, we are to fear, love, and trust God above all all things. And isn't that a great picture of waiting for the Lord? In the midst of all sorts of counterfeit hopes in this old world, when you have faith, which you do now that God's word has found you, well, then you wait for the Lord. That's how faith works. Now, that's not to say that God doesn't enjoy his creation, like that of an eagle flying or a runner running, whether a running back, a quarterback, or any other runner, or the strength of a horse, all are things of beauty. But God now finds pleasure in those who fear and wait for the Lord, in those who have been given faith. And while our eyes may look around for the flashiest, most attractive objects of desire, God gives to you his promise, which actually heals and makes you perfect. So we catch up with Jesus in Mark chapter 1. And after a long day of teaching in the synagogue, Jesus goes back with his new disciples. You remember, he's just called them Simon Peter and Andrew, James and John. And they go back to Peter and Andrew's house to hang out, to recoup. Maybe they've got some Mountain Dew and Doritos. We're not sure how they were going to uh, just relax. But when they get there, they find that Peter's mother-in-law is sick. 
Well, I can tell you that after a week of work leading up to uh, a Sunday of preaching, there is little better for a pastor than the Sunday afternoon nap. Now, we haven't conferred about this, but this, and I'm not sure if Pastor Tom takes a nap in the, in, on Sunday afternoon, but I can tell you it is a good thing. It is a beautiful uh, opportunity if you can get it. Uh, whether you're a pastor or not, this is true. But there was no nap for Jesus on this Saturday afternoon because Peter's mother-in-law needed him. So Jesus takes her by the hand, lifts her out of bed, and her fever disappears. And right away, Mark tells us, she began to serve them. Now this is interesting because Mark is a very quick gospel without a lot of details, but this is one detail that Mark puts in. He says, right away, Peter's mother-in-law began to serve them. And that is to say that once you've received God's word of promise, well, they, you can't help but serve the proclamation of the gospel. So it was for Peter's mother-in-law, probably wondering what these guys are doing in, in her house, and so it is now for you as well. And then right away, Mark tells us, many from the area of Capernaum came to be healed. Those who were sick, those who were possessed by demons, all of them came and all who were waiting for the word were healed. In fact, Mark tells us that the whole city of Capernaum was gathered outside the door of Simon and Andrew's house, and they healed late into the night. It was a late night for them. Early the next morning, Mark says Jesus went out to be by himself. He was praying. The disciples went to find him. When they found him, they said, hey, there's still a lot of people waiting to be healed. Come back. Let's go. Let's do this work. This is what we're here for, Right? Now, from a marketing standpoint, it would have made a lot of sense for Jesus and his four new disciples to put a shingle up on the door and begin in the business of healing. Business was good. They would have done well, and they would have been providing a needed service. And sometimes we, too, think this is what life is all about, providing a service for those in need and making a living doing it. Actually, it makes a lot of sense when I put it that way. And there's nothing wrong with this, of course. But we learn from Christ here that there is more in this life of faith than work. Jesus says, no, these people will still be here when we get back, but now let's go to the next town. Let's go right from here this morning so that we can go preach the good news of the kingdom. For this is why I came. And so they went on a preaching tour of all of Galilee, healing along the way, but proclaiming the gospel of forgiveness. For that is what Jesus came to do. And now for you. You are likely consumed by the things of this life, as I am as well, finding the best ways to serve those around you in your work, in your family, and trying to making a living, trying to make a living while doing it. Certainly God is using you up in all of this and it can feel all-consuming, sometimes too consuming. But now Christ has a word for you, too. There is something more for you than all of this. It is that while you have looked at all sorts of things or plans or people for your hope in the midst of it all, Jesus has a promise for you. And it is for this reason that he has come. It is for this reason that you have been gathered here, to receive this word that your sins are forgiven, and that you are made perfect in Christ alone. 
But you know, I just can't quite get over the horses, the Broncos. You might wonder about this. I'm not a horse guy. I prefer other things like airplanes. But I'm reminded when I, when I read this psalm of a story my dad would tell. My dad, when he was a little boy, uh, 12 or 13, 14 maybe, uh, would go with his grandpa, my great-grandpa, to the Minnesota State Fair. And my dad's grandma would make them both a lunch in a paper bag, and they would take it along, and his grandpa would let him drive the car, which seems a little reckless, but this is what grandpas do, I suppose. And my dad would drive the car, and they would go to the state fairgrounds in St. Paul, and my grandpa had one rule. He said, we can go wherever you want, Gary. That was my dad's name. But the first place we must go is to the horse barn to look at the horses, for my great-grandpa loved horses. And so they would go to the horses and look at the beautiful, powerful animals that God had made. Uh, and then they would go wherever my dad wanted to go as a boy around the Minnesota State Fair. And I think to myself, how could God not be impressed by horses? Yet here the psalmist reminds us, God is not impressed by the might of a horse and has no pleasure in the speed of a runner, at least not compared to what he's doing in you as you receive his word. God is impressed by those who await his steadfast love, finds pleasure in those who fear him. That now is you. Not that you've done this perfectly, mind you, but now Christ has given you faith so that you need wait no longer. His word is powerful and active, and it is yours now, for your sins are forgiven in Jesus' name. And that is power. Amen.